Stirring quarantine edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ben Pierce. My co-host is Elio Canella. He's looking at me with a with a weird expression on his face because <laughs> he typically does the introductions, as you know, but I was terribly bored and wanted to jump right in. And uh before we wrap up this introduction, which I have to say was rather stirring indeed, um, I have never been more frustrated in terms of watching wrestling ever than I was during Monday Night Raw this week. Okay. I mean, the, the, for some for some reason, ladies and gentlemen. Monday Night Raw pissed me off beyond Uh-oh. anything I have ever seen. You mean you like Scott Steiner's debut? Come on, man. Eric Bischoff got called out by Vince McMahon, and he said he's well, – Vince, Vince told him he's going to face Stone Cold Steve Boston Sunday at Money in the Bank. Once once again, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, there's a reason why I mentioned that this is a quarantine edition of Monday Night Raw because apparently we are stuck in a time continuum war- vortex. The DeLorean got stuck in uh, time travel and Elio is very confused. Uh, he's going a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in the, in the midst of, of these suck-ass quarantine editions of Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. But have no fear, because I am here to veer you back onto the right track of sanity when it comes to professional wrestling analysis. So, with that being said... Uh, let me uh, run you down the uh, the agenda for the evening, and then I will I will toss it over to Elio because he's he's chomping at the bit. Anyway, so what we have for you, in addition to our uh, money in the bank predictions, because I don't know if you knew, but this is the most unique money in the bank pay per view of all time. I know Stone Cold's going to be there, man. If I ha- if I have to hear that term unique one more fucking time, I'm go- I'm just I'm going to break a screen of some sort. But in 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 addition to that, we have our dark side of the ring reaction. Uh, Herb Abrams likes cooking. That was that was quite the episode. Yes, it, we we learned, ladies and gentlemen, that her, Herb Abrams likes cocaine and hookers. So that's going to be a theme of the show. Uh, and just be aware, we are an adult-oriented show. Uh, in case you haven't been able to figure that out from my frequent use of the F-bomb, uh, we are going to be discussing cocaine and hookers rather literally this, 
this evening. Thank you. And um, and we will also be handling our regular weekly coverage as always. So try not to sleepwalk through that because I know if you're anything like me, you certainly sleepwalk through Monday Night Raw, and I didn't even watch SmackDown uh, this week. So Elio is going to take that. Uh, unfortunate duty away from me. So thank you very much. Yep. Elio, how you, how you doing this week, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm trying to keep busy. I, I actually, um, yesterday I did uh, check out uh, episode one and two of uh, UWF because UWF's uh, show Fury Hour is available on YouTube. Um, they have each uh, video is. Um, has two full episodes. So episode one and two are in one video, episode three and four are in the next video. So you can watch everything there. And I couldn't get past the first match. And why is that? Was it that bad? I don't know. I think even in 1990, I would. I don't think I could have gotten into it because I, I'm, I'm so used to like WWF, AWA, and and all those other companies that UWF just, it didn't feel right with the wrestlers that they had in that promotion at the time. Right, it kind of, it, it kind of felt like, um, now I haven't watched an episode yet, but based on, based on the names that you uh, told me right before we went on the air, it seems like it felt like a, a WWF show, kind of the light version. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we will get into the uh, Dark Tides rank first. Now, uh, so, since we're discussing it, we might as well just jump into that review. What did you, what did you think of the uh, Dark Tides of the Ring episode overall? Oh, okay. So, we're, so we're going to start with the Dark Side of the Ring. Well, yeah, I figured since we were discussing it. Yeah, no, that's it. cool. That's, uh, yeah. that's good. Uh, we get that out of the way. Um, yep. So, um... This was quite the interesting episode. Like I, I the only when now when I was uh, when I was about oh, 10, 10, 11 years old, I started collecting wrestling magazines. Had the black and white magazines like Inside Wrestling, The Wrestler, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and such. And right, actually, one that I really enjoyed was Wrestling All Stars because they had like in the middle they had like full color uh, posters of some of the guys uh, around at that time so right i learned all about the territory and the only uwf i learned about was uh, universal wrestling federation which was run by bill watts from 1986 i of course i had never seen it at the time because up here we got wwf awa all-star wrestling sometimes we had stampede wrestling from calgary uh, international wrestling from Montreal, but we never got UWF, so I had only ever heard about it. And then this past week, I learned that there was like a second UWF, or maybe a reincarnation of UWF, run by. A I, I think it's. Uh, yeah, I think it was a reincarnation because I think, um, from what I saw, the original went from like '86 to '87. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Because there are some videos of that uh, version available on YouTube as well. Right, so that, that makes more sense. But um, apparently, uh, 
Herb Abrams was a very um, overly ambitious uh, individual because he wanted to um, he wanted to uh, take over um, the landscape of wrestling from the juggernaut that w- that was and is is now, but was back then uh, WWF. So it was quite the episode. Yes, and like I said, um, cocaine and hookers will be a theme. But I, I get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm not. I'm not just making a joke. I'm being quite serious. Um, so what was what was interesting to me was that um, the way he the way he was being described, there were like two different versions of Herb Abrams. One was the um, kind of like the overly enthusiastic, really enigmatic um, wrestling fan. And the other one was the drug-addled kind of uh, neurotic version of him. So he was was the charismatic enigma before Jeff Hardy then. Uh, well, yes, but I, I, I dare say, I dare say that um, that Herb Abrams had had his had his vices just as Jeff Hardy did, but uh, but yeah. just in, in completely different time frames. And I would like to think that Jeff Hardy is not as crazy as Herb Abrams uh, seemed to be, um, because. Now they they were talking about how um, he actually went. This was at the, somewhere in the middle of the episode. Uh, once they get, once they got done explaining who um, Herb Abrams was, but um, apparently he went to um, to Vince McMahon, had a meeting with him, and said that he wanted to. Um, Kind of partner up with him in terms of uh, taking over the uh, the northern territory of of the state, um, and um, Vince obviously would have blown him off because Vince was uh, really monopolizing the uh, professional wrestling industry at the time, something that he's still trying to do today. Um, well, and was very successful at it for twenty years. Uh, as as we know, but um, so clearly Vince wasn't interested in that, and from from that point on, um, Herb Abrams became obsessed with uh, with taking down uh, uh, WWF and and Vince McMahon and and kind of claiming the top spot in the industry for himself. Uh, clearly, his his ambition was. A little bit loftier than his uh, actual skill set to do so. Uh, one of the things that really uh, surprised me about the episode was the level of names that he was able to bring in to uh, uh, to the industry, to the UWF because at, at one point he was able to book uh, Andre the Giant for an appearance. And um, as soon as Vince McMahon got uh, word of that, he um, he resigned Andre immediately, and and there went that. But 
you mentioned a litany of names. Uh, I'm going to actually throw out a scenario to you. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to throw you into a parallel universe. Let's say it's October 1st, 1990. Little Ben Pierce wakes up on a Saturday morning. Two, yeah, two years old at the time. And he goes up, he goes up downstairs to watch wrestling. Yeah. He sees Andre the Giant, B. Brian Blair, Paul Orndorff, Cowboy Bob Orton on his screen. And he's all excited and he's all happy. It's a WBF. But then, yeah, he, a- then he sees two commentators who don't look familiar to him. And instead of the WBF, the logo scrolls across the screen and says UWF. And Ben right. is suddenly thrown into a parallel universe. Well, I'm, I, I would have been extremely confused at the time. <laughs> yeah. because, uh, because, you know, from it was, it was right about that age that I, st- I started watching wrestling. It was actually, I think, 1991, I think. I, I'm, I'm not sure, but my... Uh, my very first memory of watching professional wrestling before we uh, jump back into the Herb Abrams, but it's interesting. My very first memory of it was um, was watching Flying Brian Pillman uh, come down to the ring. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure what year that was. That was '92. Uh, Brian okay. Pillman and Jushin Liger. That was at the Super Bowl, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I obviously I didn't see the pay per view, but one one of the, it was when he had the uh, flying Brian gimmick. Yep. Um, so clearly I was just a little uh, little young squirt. Um, but it, but getting back to um, no, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna no. actually do a comparison here. What okay. I just what I just said about that about throwing you into that parallel universe. Have you ever heard of a Black Saturday? Yes. That this is this with that parallel universe would be the same as Black Saturday. Wrestling fans woke up Saturday morning, all set to watch WCW on TBS, and instead they see Vince McMahon on their on their screen. Well, and, and that would have been trippy because I I used to watch um, I used to watch WCW on Saturday mornings all the time. Uh, especially at my, uh, especially at my grandmother's house. That was actually um, not nineteen eighty four. No, but no, but like yeah, I know, I know. Even even, even when I was like older, yeah. obviously I wasn't around in nineteen eighty four. But yeah, that uh, would have w- totally chipped you out. Uh, yeah, that would have been that definitely would have been a trip back into the DeLorean for sure. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but you know, but. It's it's so interesting because you know wrestling is so imbued in everything that I do. And sorry, just for just for the fans out there, Black Saturday is available on YouTube if you, any of you want to watch it. Well, I I'll definitely take a look at it for sure. Because God God knows I actually need some entertainment in my wrestling uh, life nowadays. And I don't seem to be getting it outside of Wednesday evenings. 
but you know, it's it's interesting. Even even NXT has been, has been very difficult to watch since this uh, okay. since this quarantine situation broke. I think they've all been difficult to watch without a crowd. Well, and, and, and we'll, we'll get more into that because there's yeah. actually a question that I, I want to ask you as we get closer to the, to the AEW review. But, okay. um, but once again, we, we digress because, um, you know, there's just so much to discuss when it comes to professional wrestling in this current climate that it's very easy to go off on different uh, sidebars kind of things. But getting, getting back to... Um, to this uh, UWF slash Herb Abrams documentary. Um, it was actually called uh, Cocaine and Cowboy Boots. And that, I think yeah. that um, that definitely uh, summed him up quite well because, um, you know, they were talking about how overly excited he was and, like, overly hyped in his delivery and his re- re- recruitment of all these wrestlers and, the thing that I, the thing that I found most interesting was that he was able to pull that off, but yet he didn't pay um, pay the talent uh, on time most of the time because he would he would get the he would get the company into these large buildings such as DMGM and then. I think this was like for their first or second pay per view, and that was then, uh, for their second one, uh, Blackjack Brawl. Yeah, and and then and then of course I think the event drew less than two hundred people. Um, so basically it was basically it was a story of how crazy this guy was with a little bit of wrestling mixed in. It, it, there wasn't really a lot of wrestling talk it was more like what an absolute enigma this guy was and um you know how he how he was thirsty to become famous but because of because of his antics he he accomplished that more by the way he died than the way he ran his business um uh, they they uh, spoke of from the two the two pay-per-views uh beach brawl and blackjack brawl i believe they were uh, yeah, yeah, those two are available on YouTube now. The Blackjack Brawl, because I was looking this up um, yesterday while I was watching UWF. Right. And Blackjack Brawl, there was to have been a, a, a follow-up pay-per-view called St. Valentine's Day Massacre. However, that one was canceled. And, uh, and the, the, the matches were already uh, set up. It was to have happened on February tenth, nineteen ninety six. Oh, well, that would have been would have been interesting. That's for sure. Same Valentine's Day massacre uh, three years before Vince McMahon did it. Exactly right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, that's a little trippy, but um, you know, but but the the thing that was that was interesting was I forget which um. It, it was it was somebody that worked for him. Uh, one of the, one of the one of the guys that they were interviewing, uh, he, he said that he had he had put him, he had put all of the talent and people up in this 
extravagant hotel and the and the guy was like i've never been in a hotel like this and he called and um herb calls the guy into his room and there's you know cocaine and cocaine and hookers everywhere and he's like and he's like i gotta get out of this room i can't i can't be uh be in here because this is this is like a this is like a porno and i'm I'm sure the cops are gonna come uh knocking on the door and you know as as this whole thing is going on i'm like isn't this supposed to be a wrestling documentary so I'm, i'm like Right. It, 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 was, it was like it, it was just like a Jerry Springer episode with a little bit of uh, side of wrestling. It, it was just kind of. Um, I know. I was like, what? But I mean, like, you, it was like it was like a Scarface or you know gangster movie or something. No, and um, just for just for fun. Can I run down this card for you for St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Right. Because you're gonna you're gonna be like, what when you hear some of these names? Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so in the first one we have Hector Guerrero and Mando Guerrero versus the powers of pain. Oh, interesting. Then we have Little Tokyo versus the Karate Kid. Jimmy Snooker versus Dr. Feelgood. Oh, God. Dan Spivey versus Bob Orton Jr. Yeah, I, uh, well, they actually said something about that yeah. match. And, uh, yeah, Candy Devine versus Luna Vachon for the UWF Women's Championship. Poor Luna. The Killer Bees versus the Funk Brothers for the Tag Team Championships. Oh God! Sabu versus Cactus Jack in a psychoaquatic torture match. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Here's your main event, okay? It's a steel cage match for the UWF World Championship. Doctor Death, Steve Williams versus Sid Vicious. Yes. Um- well, now we know why Vince McMahon didn't like this organization. <laughs> when um, I saw that light up, I was like, what? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm not surprised it got canceled given hit, uh, given the financial mishandlings. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, but I, think, I think the saddest part of this whole, um, you know, documentary was just uh, you know the the fact that the fact that it really did have uh, talking about the company the company had potential, mm-hmm. um, but it was just it was all squandered because of of this guy's demons and uh, mismanagement. I mean, you know, and not not to not to make a joke out of it, but he had a dog named Cokie, you know, short for cocaine. Cokie, yeah. Uh, no. And it was it was just um, and the way this guy died, you know, he was in a, you know in a jail cell covered with baby oil and um, you know, cocaine. Uh, yes, after after being uh, chased out of a window by a bunch of you know hookers because he tried to pay them with uh, credit cards, <laughs> and um, 
you know, who pays a hooker with a credit card? Um, not that I would know anything about how that, <laughs> this, this works, but just logically. Um, the, the secret life of Ben Pierce. <laughs> exclusive. Um, but no, I, I, um, I kind of, I kind of value my sexual health and the, <laughs> and the fact that I take STDs seriously in a my world that doesn't stand for a super tough dude. Um, stupid. But um, now, okay, now, I have to ask you now. You, you see, you seen, you saw the like with the wrestling footage, like of the company, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you. Okay, this company is uh, thirty year is thirty years old. Well, it's going to be thirty years old on October the first. Is that uh, when it uh, first started up? October first, nineteen ninety. Could you see yourself get, getting in somewhat getting into this uh, promotion? Like actually sitting down and uh, watching this promotion as a fan. Uh, based on based on the names, yes. Based on the production value that I saw, no. Well, that, that's why I told you to go check out some of the shows because that's the kind of what like I couldn't get past the first match on episode one because just the, the production, the whole, whole production value seemed like kind of I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, well, I'd be I'd be very interested to go back and take a look. You know, it's just. It's it's a lot of wrestling to watch lately, and it's just kind of this whole quarantine situation has just kind of taken me out of mm-hmm. like out of pro wrestling in general because um, I just I can't get emotionally invested in what's going on now. You know, eight when I watched um, AEW, that was the first time where I was like legitimately interested in uh, in, in um, you know TV pro wrestling in quite a while. And then I okay. I, I flipped uh, channels and I I saw um, you know Carrying Cross's debut with uh, Scarlett. And we'll get into that, but because uh, I want I want to ask your thoughts on that whole thing, right? Um, but you know, it, it, but we keep, we, you know, we keep getting uh, sidetracked. But um, to to finish up with this, uh, you know, um, UWF thing, mm-hmm. you know, over overall, when I, when I when I got finished watching it, it, it was almost like a less brilliant uh, wannabe version of like Paul Heyman. You know, yep, because yep. He, he, want, he wanted to take over the world, but yet he didn't have the – he had the love and support of the wrestlers and, you know, everybody liked him, but he just – he didn't have the, the brain. He had the money. Nobody knew where his money came from. Uh, yeah, but, no, one knew what he, no one knew what he did outside of wrestling. Apparently, like he so clo- he had a clothing line, or he was a furniture salesman, something like that. No one knows. Yeah, what well, you know, it, he kind of struck me as like a like a snake oil salesman almost, but you know, like a well liked one. So it was just kind of weird. Um, but like I didn't know how to. But you, you know, sort of to to finish up, you know. 
I would have I would have liked to have watched a little bit of UWF had it been had I been a little bit older at the time. But as I as I was saying with um, with Elio, you know, it's just in terms of the production value, I'm not sure how long I would have lasted with it. Um, but now now that um, now that we're done with th that review. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into our uh, regular uh, weekly coverage, and then af after we do that, we'll jump into uh, the Money in the Bank uh, reviews. And let me tell you something: the build the build for this Money in the Bank has been absolutely uh, non-existent and just completely ridiculous. Um, as you'll start to see when when uh, when we get into this uh, Mon Monday Night Raw re review. Now, Elio, typically uh, we would do the highs and lows of Monday Night Raw, and I'm, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna do that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the lows a little bit more in depth because as as I was watching this this Monday Night Raw, I was absolutely dumbstruck at the stupidity of what I was of what I was looking at. It was just oh, absolutely no. stupid as fuck. Okay. Go on. I, I think I recorded it, but go on. I, I'm gonna go back and watch. Money in the Bank gauntlet match. Let me let me let me pull this up just so I can uh, do this just. Well, that was that stupid one with the Kira Sazawa, Alistair Black, uh, Apollo Cruz. Am I right? Right, it, it, exactly. And and so the the thing the thing with that was everybody except for um, everybody except for um oh I, I always blank out Austin Theory. Okay. He was the only person in that match who had lost a money in the bank qualifying match and had any business being in that situation to be to begin with. Okay. So so this match went thirty seven minutes and forty five seconds. This was absolutely 37 minutes. Brutal. Oh. It was it was just absolutely brutal. So the the participants of this match, let me just let me just run run you down the list here. Okay. It, it was um it was let me let me find let me find the let me find the list. Okay, so 
So yeah, Lashley and Titus O'Neil started it. What? Awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. Okay, uh, I, I'm surprised Titus O'Neil still has a job. I know, I know, he's a very quality human being, uh, but you know, we ne- we never see him outside of, uh, you know, outside of weird back backstage segments. Yeah. Um, and then in addition to that, we had Shelton Benjamin. Good. What? Good God! They were just filing people in from the kid ring table. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, where's so, he been? Lashley, Titus O'Neil, and Shelton Benjamin. Okay. Then we had Humberto Carrillo. I don't care. Who, well, I don't give a flying, a, <laughs> a flying Fig Newton, to tell you the truth. Fig Newton? Um, I like Fig Newtons. Well, I do too, <laughs> but, but <laughs> that's, okay, go on. that's beside the point. Um, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to Roberto Carrillo in a minute. Okay. Um, and then after af, after Humberto Carrillo uh, was Angel Garza, and then and then we had um, we had Austin Theory and AJ AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Who came in? He came in at the very end, but no, okay. So now that we have, did you, wait, wait, the, did you did you uh, say Akira Tozawa? Oh yes, and, and Akira Tozawa. So I missed one. So out of out of all these participants, like I said, only one Austin Austin Theory was involved in any kind of uh, money of bank qualifying match or had any business uh, to to gain a second chance. To be in Money in the Bank after um, after Apollo Cruz injured his knee and, and was taken out of the match, right? So automatically, just from that, like the logic gap for just astounding. They were like craters in the moon. That's how that's how large and cavernous these these logic these logic gaps were. Um, so. So Lashley pretty much dominates and and takes out Titus um, Tazawa and Shelton Benjamin very very quickly. Uh, he took out he he took out Titus O'Neil in 45 seconds. Uh, salutations to you back in catering. Uh, you know, <laughs> heat me heat me up some blueberry muffins, please. Um, okay. and then, and then Tazawa, um, who has been absolutely job, jobbered out on Monday Night Raw, d- despite looking like a stud in the NXT, uh, Cruiserweight, uh, tournament, which, which is just another eye-rolling scenario for me, because it's just another example of a this astounding disconnect between NXT and the main roster. Hold on, I, I just had a thought. Now they're making Tazawa look. Uh, they're they're uh, killing Tazawa on the main roster. Yeah. Do you think that he he'll end up winning the interim cruiserweight championship tournament? Um, 
I I don't I don't know. Um, I would I would hope that they would um, they would give give it either to him or um, or or Isaiah Scott. Um, I I really like those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's hard for me to take um, Tizawa seriously in any capacity. Through no fault of his own, just because he's being treated the way he is on Raw, and then I'm I'm supposed to take him seriously on NXT. It's just kind of like weird. Okay. Um, but so so as a, as I said, Lashley dominates the first three guys, and then and then out comes you know Humberto Carrillo. Okay, I have a question. Is it just me or does Lashley look ridiculous with those uh, long with the long tights? Well, he he looks a lot less ridiculous than when he was doing the ass flexing. Uh, that's true. Um, that's so, true. So I'll take the lo- I'll take the long tights any day of the week. Okay. Um. So then, but this this is where the logic <laughs> gap is just very confusing to me because. After all of Lashley's dominance, he gets DQ'd because he continued to stomp a mud hole in uh, in um, Akira Tozawa after the referee's five count, so he was disqualified. What the hell was the point of dropping out three guys if if you're only going to get disqualified for that? It's just r- ridiculous. Um, so then... Angel Garza com- comes out next, and of course we have to see the pants off spot, which I'm really starting to hate. <laughs> you know, I, I I've been a I've been a professional wrestling fan for 29 years, and I still don't like the attire that wrestlers have to wear. It's just like I get it; it's hot, you sweat, but can you at least wear shorts or something? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't need to. I don't need to see. That level of near nudity. <laughs> so <laughs> we only we already saw that in Dark Side of the Ring. Right, we right, and that, and that was with that was with cowboy boots and um, and and uh, baby oil, and that's yep. just disgust. That's yep. just disgusting on a whole different <laughs> level. But um, you know, but then, but then again, that's just for me personally. You, you, you know, you might be into that if you're female or if you're gay, which is not not a problem at all. But that's just that, that, that's just not. I don't swing from that side of the plate, so that's not my thing. Um, but anyway, so so after this whole situation. Angel Garza comes out, and I'm, th- I'm thinking Angel Garza has a chance to win this thing. But then it's like, well, how dare I, based on how they've been booked in, in previous weeks. So, you mean to tell me that after being off of TV for a month and a half, Humberto Carrillo is going to roll up both Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Oh my god. And then you want you want me to take you want me to take both of them seriously as as a threat along with Andrade 
in a in a in a stable with um, Selena Vega. I mean, you're you're because you're so short-handed. You're featuring uh, these three guys who I absolutely love. Don't get me wrong. I I you know I love Angel Garza particularly, but Andrade and Austin Theory also have massive potential. Um. You know, but you're you're just you're making this new stable look like a bunch of jackasses. So you mean to tell me that 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 Garza can't kick out of a fucking sunset flip, but yet Humberto Carrillo can Humberto Carrillo can kick out of the wing clipper? It's just I I can't I can't do it. I just, I cannot do it. Um, I just, uh, God. But anyway, so after all of this, all of this illogical bullshit takes place, AJ Styles is back from the dead. He has risen from the grave to come back. Uh, and... And based on his return, I can only assume that now he's going to win Money in the Bank. Even though I, even though I think it should be Alistair Black, but I get ahead of myself. You know, th- this, th- so suffice to say, AJ, AJ Styles wins this match. I'm not even going to go through the rest of it because as soon as AJ Styles comes out, I'm like, okay, well, he's going to win this thing. And I I have no issue with AJ Styles winning. He, you know he 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 needs to get reestablished after getting after after getting buried alive by the Undertaker. I I get it. He needs a rebound. Um, and you know and when when you put uh, when you put AJ Styles in a situation against against uh, competition that are largely being used as jobbers, it makes perfectly sense, or per- perfectly good sense. Um, but it's just, with the length of the match and how and how dead it was with the no crowd and the illogical booking and all this bullshit, mm-hmm. um, are you kidding me? So, you know, this, this episode of Raw, the, the most exciting part of it was, was the promo that that um, verified that Edge and Orton are back next week. That was my high point of Monday Night Raw was a fucking promo. They aired twice. Um, or, or I shouldn't say a promo, a, uh, uh, a video package informing me of Edge and Orton's return. This entire situation, oh, and then another low point if I can add another one. Shane Thorne and Brendan Bank beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. What the fuck is going on? What the oh, fuck? This, this is MVP's a new faction, new stable. But, 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 but I don't care. I'm, I'm not invested in MVP. What the fuck? Is I know. Ricochet? I know. I know. I'm just I'm saying it because I see. Even our fans are, are complaining. They're calling in. They want to talk about this. They want to vent their anger. Well, I don't blame them because this fucking, you know, this just absolutely sucks. That's terrible. MVP is the leader of uh, this new stable, Brendan Vink and uh, Shane 
Thorne. I don't care. And now apparently I, they were they were talking about bringing Apollo Crews in, tuning him heel and bringing him in as well. Well, who gives, you know, and, and Apollo Crews deserves to be featured in, in, in some in some notable capacity because he's way too talented to have been wasted the way he has for the for the last four years. However, given the damage that's been done to him because of bullshit booking decisions, um, it's hard for me to give a shit about Apollo Crews mm-hmm. as an on, on-screen character, even though I think the guy deserves an opportunity. But what the hell is Shane Thorne <laughs> and Brendan Bank doing beating Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, let alone beating them in four minutes and 40 seconds? Right. Oh, Come my on. Head, my head is going to explode. Oh, my God. So, you know, I, the, the rest of the show, I, I could give two shits about. I just, I don't care. Um, so that that was my abbreviated review of, of Monday Night Raw. And if yeah. you could, and if, Elio, I know that the people can't see us right now, but if you can see the smoke emanating off the wires coming from my headphones, I, you know. Yeah, like, that, ladies and gentlemen, I just saw little sparks fly out of the headphones for how much smoke there is. But, 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 I mean, it's just, you know, I understand that it's difficult to write, to, to be in this current situation that we're in, but if you're going to air television and have it be this bad, I'd rather you not air the show at all. Mm-hmm. Because clearly, they just don't give a flying you know they, they don't care. I, I mean, I'm trying not to cuss. I'm 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 trying to maintain uh, composure for my own sake. Um, but I just this is just this is just physically painful. And this episode of Raw got the lowest rating of all time. Oh no! And I don't blame them at all. I think it drew a one point six. Wow. Which, how sad is that? But how how richly deserved at the exact same time? Because if you are going to put this little effort into what you're doing, I don't care what the scenario is. And I, and I, I agree that this whole CV thing is nobody has ever seen anything like this. It's been well-established the damage that it's causing. You know, all you have to do is watch the fucking news for five minutes and you'll see that. I get that. But, you know, but if you're going to make the choice to run TV and you're going to pay the state of Florida $18.5 million to have you declared as essential, which which my my opinions on that are well known at this point. I'm not going to take you back down that rabbit hole. But, but... For all of that, and this is what you're giving us, and you want me to take this company seriously as being woven into the fabric of society? Kiss my ass. Kiss my pasty white ass. Oh. Is that club reopening up? I, well, <laughs> I, apparently MVP's VIP lounge is opening up. <laughs> Something else can open up as well. Um, 
you, you've got to be kidding me with this. And uh, with that in mind, um, I'm going to toss it over to you for uh, an NXT review before before I jump into. All our right, we're going to do NXT. NXT. All right. So here we go with our review of NXT. So and WWE NXT, okay, and our first match we kick off with Charlie Gargano defeating Dominic Dijakovic. What did you think of this match? Uh, uh, you know what? I'm I'm tired of seeing Charlie Gargano and any. I'm I'm just I'm tired. It's the same thing. He just it's the same thing every week with him. And, although I. To kind of like this new heel uh, version of Candice LeRae. Yeah, I'm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm always gonna have like a profound amount of respect for Johnny Gargano because I think he's one of the one a uh, one of the great wrestlers around right now. Obviously, um, <laughs> but uh, it's just if it, if it, he, if he's not with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, I just have a. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm having an issue. Yeah, and uh, okay, then we have um, a Group B interim cruiserweight title tournament match with Akira Tozawa defeating Jack Gallagher. And uh, this was, uh, I don't like Jack Gallagher. I just I'm not a fan. So the the I think I think the right person went over in this match. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, uh, speaking of Jack Gallagher, he completely changed his look. And, and I know, get, right? And given that, you know, as much as I as much as I like tattoos and his are well done, um, just the absolute starkness with which his look has changed, I'm not sure I can take this gimmick seriously with that look. Yep. Now hold on, is he a heel or a face? Is he, is he still a heel? I um I honestly don't know. Then I know for for why he I know at first that when we first saw him he was a face, then he turned heel. Now I I don't know what he is. I don't I don't know either. All right, then we had uh, Chelsea Green defeating Zia Lee. Of course, I am a fan of Chelsea Green. Well, who 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 wouldn't be at this? My homegirl from Canada. Yeah, gotta gotta hold it down for the Canadians and, and, and you, know, you Maple Leaf fans. <laughs> and okay, okay, next is so, one. So, speaking of that, real quick, real quick, just Same. for for my own knowledge. All right. Um, are are you a hockey fan? Yeah. You kind of have to be being Canadian, right? Right. Um. So I'm I'm sure you're I'm sure you're uh, suffering through uh, 
hockey hangover uh, hiatus from this um, quarantine bullshit. But I just I had to ask you that question because I was I wasn't sure if you were a hockey guy and. Yeah, like, like I'll, I'll watch it. Like, I, I don't watch, like, every game, but, like, if a game's on, I'll sit there and watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. Plus, I used to play. Oh. Yeah. Well, damn, I, you know. Okay, so your your CV was clearly, clearly a, uh, a different, more minor grade than mine because – you know, playing sports was completely out of the question. Well, I used I, to play like like on the the rink. I was a goalie. I can't really play and like run as fast as everyone else and yeah, chase well, the puck. I, so I was they put me in as a goalie. Oh well, that's awesome. I I couldn't have even done that because I just I was never that mobile. Um, because without the walker, I would have just fallen on my ass. Actually, I'll actually tell you more about that um, off air. But but anyway, I digress. I I was just yeah. No, I'll, I'll tell you more about that off air. But continue with NXT. All right. Uh, next is the uh, the moment we've been waiting for: the debut of Karrion Cross. That entrance was absolutely amazing. Hold on, hold, hold on. I thought you said you didn't see NXT. No, I, I saw the entrance. Oh, you saw the okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was quite the entrance. However, that's spectacular entrance, but it's such a short match. He pretty much uh, it was pretty much a squash match against Leon Leon Ruff, I believe. Yeah, Leon Ruff. Well, as soon as you see Leon Ruff, you know it's going to be a squash match, but yeah. Um, but I'm like, but, hmm. So I didn't really like that just in terms of the lines of the match, but in terms of how dominant they made him look, yep. just by the entrance, I guess it made sense, but I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. Actually, when, 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 I, when they first showed his entrance, I thought I was uh, looking at a, at a commercial for like an upcoming pay-per-view and then I'm like, oh wait, this is entrance. That's all like, wow. Yeah, it um it was really, really cool. And uh, oh. I am I am so excited that uh that he's finally there because he if, if anyone deserves a push and um you know has big star written all over him, it's it's uh, it's killer cross slash carrying cross. So I'm I'm happy for him. Okay, and then we had uh for the NXT, yeah, for the NXT. I can't believe I'm saying for the NXT Women's Championship. <laughs> How was this match? Io Shirai defeated Charlotte Flair by DQ because okay, like the match was itself was not bad. However, at one point Io Shirai was on the outside. Charlotte Flair slid to the outside. Um and uh. Actually, yeah. Let me say uh, also, Aaliyah did get did um, try and get involved at one point, but she got knocked off the apron. But Charlotte slid to the outside, right in front of the referee. She took a candle mistake and and struck Yoshi Ryan. Referee called for disqualification. Well, what? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, like the show flat right in front of the referee. She uh, like hit uh, Io Shirai with the candlestick. No, no, I mean I, I heard that, but what's the what's the point of that? I mean, like yes, you, know, you, right? you bring you you bring um, Charlotte Flair to NXT as the NXT champion, and you do that, like when, you know that's the point. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Aaliyah didn't get involved in this match. She got involved in the Chelsea Green match, which. Apparently, I don't know if this is something, if they're going with this, but apparently, but uh, she might uh, be part of the Robert Stone brand uh, because uh, she was uh, slumped near the steps and Robert Stone uh, helped her up. Okay, well, I said, then that's definitely where they're going with it. If, but if... Uh, yeah, the Eosh, right? Okay, so Sharper gets herself qualified. Rhea Ripley, may, Rhea Ripley makes a return. And like take Charlotte Chase's Charlotte Flair out away. Okay, well then at least there's a silver lining. But, but, I but, just... but, but wait, wait, wait. Okay, so then Rhea Ripley leaves and walks up the ramp, right? You is like walking behind her, yelling at her, and Rhea Ripley's telling her to shut up and be grateful. <laughs> that that's funny. That's funny. And then uh, we're back from break. Um. Back from break, we were pleased being interviewed about like what happened out there, and then Io Shirai walks in, still yelling, and uh, they and they had to be broken up. So I'm thinking next week they're gonna have River Pleased versus Io Shirai. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we have. I just, I just, I really don't like Charlotte Flair in this scenario. I, no, I don't. Ew, no, I, don't I just see that. The, that fact, the fact that the title was taken off of Rhea Ripley only a month after. But did, after you, see, she, did you see me just now when I said I can't believe I'm saying this? The NXT Women's Championship. Uh, yeah, it, well, you know, because you're so discombobulated by the stupidity, so I don't blame you. <laughs> right? I did, this this is just not good. It's not. It sucks. It's ter- it's, tar- it's terrible. It hurts the NXT brand. It hurts yep. the NXT women. And all and all for Charlotte Flair. I I hate it. I can't stand it. And uh, next we had another uh, cruiserweight title tournament match. Kushida defeating Jake Atlas by submission. Well, now, Ben, I, what do you think about Jake Atlas? Um, I, so so far, I, I like what I, I like what I've seen. Um, okay. I think I think he's very um, talented. Okay. Um, I I wish I I wish I wasn't hearing again and again. I'm not I'm not saying they've done this on the air because they have, and I'm just talking about the internet. But all I keep hearing about about um, Jake Atlas is that he's gay, and it's like I don't care. Who cares? Tell, tell me about the guy in the in the ring. Tell, tell me about his talent in the ring, which which they're doing in NXT. Are you reading Ringside News again? Well, no, I don't. I don't read Ringside News because they fucking suck. I know um, well, that's why I said because uh, that sounds like something that Ringside News likes to repeat. But I, you know, I just I don't care that Jake Atlas is gay. Stop telling me that. Yep. All right, the, the next match, we had Cameron Grimes defeating Denzel Desjardins. Yeah, I, I don't and, care. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm still not getting this Cameron Grimes. Well, no, I'm, but the, the the other part of NXT that I, that I saw, and this was because I was flipping back and forth, was 
after after the match, apparently he was talking uh, shit about Finn Balor, and he said that if, if oh yeah, uh, I saw this. Yeah, he gone. He said that if uh, Finn Balor was there, he'd punch him in the face, and Finn Balor came up behind him. Now, of course, this was this was after uh, Finn Balor had already uh, cut the promo talking about how he's he's gonna he's gonna get whoever um, whoever attacked him two weeks ago. Um, and and that was a that was a great promo. If uh, if nobody had seen that promo yet, uh, Finn Balor as the Prince, uh, I'm really digging that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this he did a fantastic job with him. Um, but so Cameron Grimes was like, I want to hit, uh, I'm going to slap Finn Balor in the face, and of course, you know. And I give I give them credit for this. They didn't have Finn Bauer come up from behind and hit him. He, he he came up from behind, but then he went to the side, and so they kind of went eye to eye. And um, and Finn Bauer was like, "Well, I'm here. Why don't you hit me?" And then of course, of course um, Grimes tried to back off. So I I thought that that kind of made Cameron Grimes look like a piece of shit. So I'm not I'm not really sure where they're going with that, but I, I like Finn Bauer, so I'm willing to give it a pass. All right. And then the main event for the NXT championship, Adam Cole defeats the Velveteen Dream. Now I confess I did not see this match because at this point I had I had flipped back to uh, AEW for okay. for their main event. All right. Um which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, but from what I from what I've read, apparently it was it was an underwhelming match that never really got out of second gear. And again, um, Dexter Loomis uh, makes his presence, like to help. I I don't know to help to help Double Team Dream. I don't get like what they're where they're going with this. That, that's interesting. What if, so? Before we get more into that, what do you what did you think of the actual match? Uh, when uh, it was okay. I'm just uh, I don't know what to think. I like Adam Cole. I'm just not feeling that about Velveteen Dream though. Um. Yeah. Well. Um. Well, I, I think I think that this. Uh, extracurricular stuff with him needs to get figured out. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to hold out till we get more information um, with that. So I'm not gonna touch on that. But it, it is it is kind of weird for me to see him and and not think about that at least right yep. now. Um, but I'm not gonna say anything against the guy because in my book it's innocent until proven guilty. So. All right, um, so that was our NXT review. We are going to take a break, and we'll be back with Ben's review of AEW Dynamite. Absolutely. Stick around. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Ben, AEW Dynamite. Take it away. Cause I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. TNT. I'm 
Okay, so um, the evening, uh, I'm just going to take you through the matches and then I'll take you through um, the high and low point. Okay. okay. So um, we had a total of five matches. Uh, well, let's see, one, two. Yeah, five matches. Yeah, five. Yeah. Um, so it was Cody defeating Joey Janela. Uh, which I thought was a actually a very entertaining opener. Okay. Uh, Nyla Page destroyed an 18-year-old. Uh, did, did you call her Nyla Page? Or Nyla Rose, yeah. <laughs> 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 she defeated Kenzie Page, who was an 18-year-old. I, I kind of felt bad for her. Um, Lance Archer... Uh, Defeated QT Marshall, and of course, this was after John Moxley defeated Kazarian. No, no, um, what you think of um, John Moxley Kazarian? I, this was this was a really solid match. I, I really I really enjoyed that match. And one of, one of the things that was that was really nice about this episode of um about AEW was it just it felt like semi normal. Because it was it was it was live. They had um, they had you know the the regular announced team there. They had people in the crowd, of course, responsibly with you know social distancing and stuff. Yep. And this is what I don't understand why um, why WWE can't do this because in terms of present presentation and feeling and excitement. I think I think AEW is killing these empty arena shows, and then it just it comes off completely flat when WWE does it. It's it's just mm-hmm. the difference in quality in the shows is really staggering. It's like I said last week. If, when it's WWE, it sounds like a like a practice session, like they're yeah. training, like 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 training for an actual show. Yeah, and it, it's just. You know, so the one the one thing was I was surprised that Jim Ross and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts were there because they're older guys. And um, yeah, nothing. and apparently but, yeah, um, Jake is out quarantined with the DDP. Yeah, and, and, we're, and we'll we'll get we'll get to Jake a little bit later because that was one of my uh, one of my high points with with the thing that he was involved in. Okay. Um, but. Um, yeah, the high points for me were the um, was the main event uh, street fight, uh, which um, which pinned uh, the sex gods, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Chris Jericho and Timmy Guevara. <laughs> and I, call Guave- I call them Guevarico. Yeah, and just how their bromance has blossomed into them becoming less sex gods. I think that's hilarious. Uh, of course, Bat Hardy had his in-ring debut in this match, teaming with Kenny Omega. Um, I and I I really liked the result. I liked the match. Um, I'm really surprised how many losses Kenny Omega is taking in a- AEW. Because he. he you know, because when they introduced AEW, I thought Kenny Omega was going to be like the guy on that show, um, but uh, apparently not. At least not right now. Um, so that's kind of surprising. But in terms of a street fight, 
Um, this was actually one of the more entertaining street fights that I've ever seen. Um, but one, 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 actually two spots really made me nervous. Um, one was Kenny Omega's um, moonsault off the crane. That was just ridiculous. That was dangerous. Okay, man. Well, can you imagine if the table wasn't there? Well, but, but I mean, just just going, just going like thirty feet down the concrete. Yeah. Like, you know, I just. Uh, imagine I saying there, there was a table there, right? Imagine there was no table there. That's that was that was a dangerous spot to do. That was unnecessary. Well, even with the table, that's that's fucking dangerous. Yeah, it's still unnecessary to do. Thirty feet down the concrete. Holy fuck. Yeah, and then and then the other the the other part was um was um Sammy Guevara getting run down with the uh with the golf cart being driven by Matt Hardy. Um, one of one of the things that I actually enjoyed was the was the emergence of like the different characters and different versions of Matt Hardy's drive match. So it it started with um. With like the broken Matt Hardy, and then it then it went to like uh, regular Hardy Boys Matt. Yep. And then it ended with like a Damascus version where he like came out of the. Um, he, he you know what, out. Damascus and Broken Matt to me they're the same character. I mean, aren't they the same character? Like he just calls himself Damascus. Well, well, it it's, it seems it, to me it seems that way, but the way that it came off in this match, it seemed like it, they were separate characters. Oh, okay, all right. I I, I I agree with your take on it. Um, I'm actually right there with you. It's just in this particular match, they seem like separate things. Okay. I, I don't know, but no, that's just no, something but, I know. So, so you like that uh, ice box spot? Yeah, I thought I thought that I thought that was cool. But but wait, you, you can't tell me that someone's going to be in there for that amount of time, and they're not going to be getting frostbitten. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it's professional wrestling, man. Suspension of belief. Come well, on. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not trying to put logic in here. You can't do that. Well, well, I can I can guarantee you, there's more logic in AEW than there is uh, WWE. I can assure this you. This is true. Uh, just take just take a look at that quote unquote second chance gauntlet match. I mean, what the uh, fuck? My, head, my head's still spinning, but this is the happy part of the show. So, all right. um, but yeah, I uh, I overall I really I really thought that this uh, uh, this match was really good, and it ended after they power bombed uh, Kenny Omega onto the golf cart, uh, and then and then uh, Jericho hit the Judas effect. Which I love the Judas Effect finisher. I think that I think that's such a cool finisher. Did you did you uh, as soon as as AEW went off there? Did you hear someone drop the f bomb? Uh, no, I didn't. But who dropped it? Apparently, Sammy Guerrero dropped and said, "We fucking nailed it." Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear about that. I'll have to go yeah, back and. Uh, yeah. They're like as soon as it faded to black, you can like hear faintly hear it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, I I agree with him. I thought it came out very very nicely. 
All right, so that's AEW, and now we're gonna get into SmackDown. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 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 very sorry. Are <laughs> I have to say, I didn't exactly watch all of it because I just couldn't sit there and Well, I don't it. blame you because so, so I'm just going to do the matches and sit. I'm not going to go over any segments or whatever cool. happened. Go ahead, man. So in the, the first match, Sonya Deville defeats Mandy Rose. This was actually um, not a bad match. I, I kind of like this match. Yeah, I, li- I like Sonny Deville. Then we had the Miz, uh, hold on, Miz and Morrison, because I don't know why they can't get a team name like everyone else. So Miz and Morrison teaming up with the Forgotten Sons, and they defeat the New Day in the Lucha House Party. I don't care. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Then we had Tamina and Ben's favorite superstar, Lacey Evans. Defeating uh, Sonya. No. No. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, no. <laughs> Absolutely so, not. So Tamiza and Lacey Evans defeat Sasha Banks and Bailey. Which is a fucking travesty, but I uh, but keep going. And in the main event, King Corbin, Cesaro and Trinsky Nakamura defeat Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, and Otis. So one of the things that I that I heard, um, one thing I didn't, I have to reiterate, and I'm sorry, I didn't watch any of SmackDown, but one of the things that I that I heard, which had me rolling my eyes, was that um, after the match, um, like uh, all three guys on the losing team, uh, Brian. Um, uh, Corbin and uh, who was the other one he said? No, Daniel Ryan, Drew Gulak, and uh, Otis. Okay, and I I heard all three of them were going out up the ladder trying to get the briefcase. Okay. Um, and I when I heard that, uh, I was thinking to myself, why? What's what's the point? Because the Money in the Bank match is on Sunday, not on Friday, so that whole statement's now, kind of stupid. Now, um, I believe at the end, uh, there because again, I didn't see this, so I believe at the end, the, the mystery hacker uh, showed up once again. Yes. To deliver another message. And that's ben, what I heard as well. Ben, who, who, okay, who are you thinking? Because... People, wrestling fans, I don't understand. Uh, they're like, oh, apparently uh, we uh, we uh, figure out who's behind it because uh, 
we un we uncovered the the voices behind the mystery hacker, and we found Chad Gable and Mustafa Ali. Really? Because the name I heard was Xavier Woods. Oh. Hmm. So that's interesting. So pretty much it tells me that nobody really knows what the, who it is because we we've now heard three different names. Yeah, well, because um, we've seen that some multiple people are are behind the hacker thing. Well, I I don't know, but I'm, I mean I'm hoping it's somebody that hasn't been used in a prominent role and makes sense. I mean my okay, vote. And, and you know what? The the latest name I heard, which is ridiculous. CM Punk. Well, that's it. I heard that too, and that I but I'm not even giving that any credence or create um, credibility because that's not going to happen. Only because uh, there was a screenshot of a tweet from the hacker account with a message: "Do I have everybody's attention now?" Oh fuck off! <laughs> not not you, but I mean just. <laughs> How do you come up with CM Punk just from one line? I mean, anyone could say that. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, so that is uh, the, our review of uh, SmackDown. And now we are going to take a look at Money in the Bank, which take, takes place Sunday night. Yeah, and I have a I have a confession to make, my friend. Oh, and what is um, this? Tell me your sins, my son. Uh, yeah. Well, aside from not watching SmackDown, I have another sin. Uh, I looked at I looked at the card right before we came on the air, uh -huh. and uh, I must be missing something because at least two of the two or three of the matches have no build whatsoever and are completely fucking random. So oh, ex really? excuse my use of language, but I, it, it just um, it just reaffirms to me that this company just doesn't give a fuck and okay. treats treats their fans like they're dumbest they're the dumbest people alive. I I just I don't understand it. All right, so Money in the Bank takes place on Sunday, May eighteenth, two thousand twenty. And uh, yeah, let's get it. Oh my God, this is a. Oh my God, this is a kickoff match. I hate kickoff matches. Oh, what, what do you? Oh, I know what a what a match, right? Santino Barola uh, versus William Regal. What? <laughs> what? No, no. Um. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, Elio has broken into his father's liquor cabinet again. Or, or at the very least, his insurer is laced with something weird. Um, you LSD and your insurer a little bit there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I was just messing with my co-hosts here. We're, we're going to go over the Money in the Bank uh, predictions for Sunday night. I was reading off from Money in the Bank 2010. Okay. So I, just like, I just like to mess with my co-hosts here. Yes, it's, it's it's one of his favorite pastimes. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, take a look at what we have here. Jeff Hardy versus Cesaro. Wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. What is that? That, that uh, makes yeah. no sense. Uh, yeah, especially after 
after all those highlight packages for Jeff Hardy. You, no, you I, I, I thought he was being put in the program with Sheamus, and now they have him against Cesaro. I, I don't know. This company just doesn't have any <laughs> fucking cells. So I just, oh God, it makes me sick. Okay, right, right now, I'm going to say it right now, Jeff Hardy, because they just don't like Cesaro for some reason, and I don't know why. Well, and it, that's a that's a goddamn it's a crying shame, really. Okay, uh, next up we have our truth versus MVP. Okay, well, again, and hold on, that's not even on a kickoff. That's actually on the actual show. Well, well, why would it be on the show? Like, who gives a fuck? This this match is just. Completely random. No, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I thought MVP retired from in ring competition. I I thought he did too. What the fuck? (laughs) This is really stupid. Why the hell is MVP (laughs) on the pay per view? But what the hell? All right. So, um, so uh, obviously Jeff Hardy was the first pick, but who's your pick in this match? I'm going with our truth. Because I, I yeah, because I'm just done with MVP. I, 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 I wasn't even, uh, I didn't even start with him to begin with. I don't like MVP. I'm sorry. No, I don't either. Um, and I'm going to have to take R-Truth simply because it, this match makes no sense. Okay. Um, okay, next up, SmackDown Tag Team Titles. New Day versus uh, Miz and Morrison versus Forgotten Sons versus Lucha House Party. Pretty much... And before you before you say anything, I just want to note it. Pretty much in one match, in one fatal four way, this is the entirety of the SmackDown tag team division. This fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. This company oh, can go. Well, this company look. can go fuck itself, as far as I'm concerned. Well, let me see what you have here. You have New Day, Miss Morrison. You know what? I'm gonna go with the Forgotten Sons. I don't care about the New Day. I'm done with the New Day. I don't want to see them as champions for however the hell many times it is now eight or whatever. I uh, who, who gives them? So yeah, eight time champions. Of, eight times they won it eight times. I'm gonna go with with the Forgotten Sons because yep. a new tag team needs to be built. Okay. What do you have next? Um. Let's see. Bailey versus Tamina. Kill me now. Just, just be a dear, okay? Um, can you can you do me a favor? Can you fill your one of your short vowels with bleach and just FedEx FedEx? <laughs> just just please. Just, I have it right here. This is just this is this is physically painful. Why? Why yep. is this a consideration? I'm afraid to go against Bailey because just because every time you think that she's gonna lose, she they end up making her win. Well, I'm I'm picking Bailey simply because simply because if Tamina wins, I'm I'm just gonna shit myself. Uh, now, do you think um do you think something's gonna happen with Sasha Banks at the pay per view, or do you think they're gonna wait till SmackDown? Well, I, well, if I'm them, I'm waiting till SummerSlam. Well, no, so, to, to start planting the seeds, I mean. I mean, they've already well, kind of started, but not really. 
But, well, yeah, but I'm I'm talking I'm talking about completing the the turn. I don't think that happens. Oh no, until... I'm saying like, do you think that they're gonna if something happens in pay per view, are they gonna start planting plant it even more on SmackDown? Well, I think they're gonna plant it even even more at the at the pay per view, but I don't think okay. the turn happens. No, no, until not the turn. Time. I don't mean a turn. I don't mean a turn. No. No, I was saying like uh, the starting of that. Okay, I'm sorry. My um, yeah, they'll pr- they'll probably um, th- they'll they'll probably continue to tease it at the pay per view going into SmackDown. But yeah. Okay, and uh, okay, what do you have next? Uh, Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. <sighs> if Strowman retains this title. Oh my god. What in the hell? Well now you didn't watch SmackDown, but I'm sure you've seen it on the past episode. Did you see the did you see his new t shirt? I'm sure it's stupid. I, I didn't get oh, you, you, you even see it? Do you even no. see it? Okay. No. So it, the new t shirt says Stroman Express. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you express lane to the <laughs> unemployment line, please, because you are terrible. Good God. He is a terrible champion. I, he is if, not a good champion. A, if Bray... Okay, I'm just going to say this, okay? If Bray Wyatt loses this thing again, I swear to the good Lord above, if there is one... And I ha- and I have to question that only in the wrestling universe because this is just completely illogical bullshit. Um, you know because let's be, let's be honest because if Braun Strowman retains, then the entire purpose of taking the belt off of off of off of um, Bray in the first place to give it to Goldberg is completely fucked. That, that I mean that decision in and of itself is fucked. But to, to further compound the issue, I just, you know, what the hell? Okay. So, Bray Wyatt has to win or I'm, or I'm going to do something that I just, uh, uh, the, 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 the damage that will be done. Oh, boy. They better give this victory to Bray Wyatt. That's all I can tell okay, you. Yeah, I'm going Bray Wyatt as well. Okay, next. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Give me oh, a break. Drew McIntyre. Drew, come on. I mean, really, these people are fucking stupid. Okay. Uh, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Nia Jax, ooh. Asuka, Shayna, Lacey, Carmella, ooh, and Dana. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Good God, are you are you are you having a satisfying meal or are you taking a shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just looking at the names because I don't know who I'm gonna pick. Oh. Good Lord. Oh, geez. ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is having a conundrum. It's quite the conundrum. I don't know who to pick. I have you have Sheena Baser. On the other hand, you have Carmella, who's already won Money in the Bank twice. I think you have Dana Brooke, who's never won a Money in the Bank, much less been in one. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go... I think you have Oscar. 
I'm gonna go with Lacey Evans, just knowing how WWE likes it. I'm not saying well, I like it. Well, of course, she's your favorite. Why would you go no, with Lacey, no, with Lacey no, Evans? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> well, I am. Not, I am not gonna let you pin that on me. No. <laughs> I say, I'm. I'm saying Lacey Evans because. Mr. McMahon really likes Lacey Evans and has been trying to shove so her down our throats. To, to, what? So do I. You know what? I'm going to go with Shayna Baszler. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, I would like to see Shayna Baszler win, but I just have a nasty suspicion it's going to be Lacey Evans. Uh, next up, we have the, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Who you got? All right, let's see. I'm going to go with Aleister Black. I want Aleister Black to win, but I'm thinking now it's going to be AJ Styles. Okay. So that's going to be my pick. And so, and so, yeah, believe it or not, those are the only matches we have, and three of them completely just – are not interesting to me in the least. All right, so that is Money in the Bank uh, for this, for Sun tomorrow night, May 10th. Yes, and I just, you know, I should be excited for a pay-per-view like this, but I'm just not. Mm-hmm. All right, so Ben, we see you bring the show to a close for the week. Absolutely, and... Um, Ladies and gentlemen, as I started the show, I, I it becomes upon me to end it. So um, I, I will end it with saying that, uh, you know, tr- I guess try to enjoy the show tomorrow night. Um, you know, unfor- unfortunately, what we've been given doesn't give me much confidence that, should, that the show will be good. Um, but I... Uh, I am I am an eternal optimist. I try um, very hard because you know I love professional wrestling, but it's just the logical side of me just is not looking forward to this. Um, secondly, I, I hope that you uh, that you all are re- remaining safe and healthy, and uh, that your your families are are good are good to go, and. Um, and hopefully you have some fun this weekend, whether it's wrestling related or not. So with that being said, um, for my co-host, Elio Canella, I am the man that's always piercing barriers. And we will see you next week on what will be episode 70 of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. See you later. Change rocks and rings. Bang! Where my money? Give it to me. I ain't never been scared of money.